0: Coming up on podcast 1591, Tesla inspires BMW to move to the round battery cell format from 2025. Stick around, and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, Neo and their battery-swapped stations reach another big milestone. Tesla's Nevada Gigafactory. Uh, we get an insight into what's actually coming out of it. And there's a rather bonkers aerial hypercar. Uh, From a small British niche car maker to talk about. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Sunday, 11th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with the headline story of the BMW Group using round battery cells. They say, an innovative move. Uh, Of course, I can think of, you know, one other rather large Car maker that's been using 18650s since the Tesla Roadster. Oh, I said the name. There we go. Uh, before moving on to 2170s and 4680s. But it's neither here nor there. It's an innovative move, say BMW, to use cylindrical cells. From 2025, they call it the new class platform. Uh, platform? The, <laughs> the platform. Uh, BMW is launching a new era, they say, of e-mobility uh, with their newly, newly developed round battery cells. According to... BMW, they say. The newly developed sixth generation of our lithium-ion cells will bring a huge leap in technology that will increase energy density by more than 20%, improve charging speed by 30%, and enhance range by 30%. To meet our long-term needs, we'll be building battery cell factories with our partners each with an annual capacity of 20 gigawatt hours at six locations in key markets, two in China, two in Europe, and two in uh, US, Mexico, and Canada. Based on current market assumptions, They say costs can be reduced by 50% compared to the fifth generation of BMW's battery technology. And BMW has said they have a goal of bringing the manufacturing costs of EVs down to the same level as combustion cars. A laudable goal. A laudable goal, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, The BMW innovative round cells, never been used before by anyone, uh, with a 46mm diameter. Uh, They're not going to be 4680s only, though. They're going to come in different heights compared to the prismatic cells of BMW's fifth generation technology. That's the little uh, bricks, if you like battery bricks. Uh, the nickel content of the sixth gen BMW chemistry is higher on the cathode side. Cobalt is lower. That's a key thing because cobalt is not only expensive, but also issues around where it comes from in some cases not all on the anode side the silicon content gets increased and the volumetric energy density goes up by 20 percent the battery drivetrain and charging technology in their 2025 platform uh, will have 800 volts Um, Architecture, very, very sensible for a variety of reasons, Uh, not least charging speed, but 800 volts isn't Nirvana. It's not the magic bullet, but it's a good move. Uh, There are some great four, 500-volt systems, but either way, 800-volt system, good, future-proofed. They're optimizing how the energy is supplied to direct currents, high-power stations, they say, and uh, that means that the cars can take over 500 amps. Uh, So a decent charging speed uh, into those batteries. I'll pop a link to the press release they sent me in the show notes. Now, Eve Energy Energy, announced they would make a 50 gigawatt hour factory in China, in Chengdu, uh, but weren't specifying what the cell format is when they first announced this. Now, Eve Energy has a knowledge of how to make these kind of cells. Uh, The company is the production partner of 4680 cells for StoreDot. They are the Israeli company that are working on chemistries to go inside. You see, we talk about 4680. It's just a form factor. It's like saying, I live in a three-bed semi. Like, that's the house, but what furniture have you got inside it? So 4680 might be the outside dimensions of the cell, and it certainly got a lot of attention when Tesla moved to it for their battery day. Uh, And I hadn't even heard other companies talking a great deal about 4680 as a form factor. Before Tesla's battery day, um, maybe they followed. Maybe they were working it on, a re- on it already and, and and Tesla took the glory. I don't know. But Samsung has also announced plans for 46XX cells. So 46mm diameter, a variety of heights between 40 and 60 millimeters. Now, whether Samsung are going to be a BMW partner or not, I don't know for these 4640s or 4660s. But great news, the BMW are talking about a decent set of specs. Hey, it's three years away, by the way. They're talking about things like 800-volt architectures and and battery technology that is on the road right now. Not only that their competitors are doing, but have done for a while. If you look at the Hyundai-Kia platforms and others as well, I'm pretty sure Tesla is uh, going to with their V4 superchargers. Um, and perhaps with the Cybertruck, perhaps move to um, a higher voltage and certainly more amps going into their vehicles so yeah, this is good but it's not like you know and the you know you know like an apple presentation um they would be like oh here's our new shiny thing and it's on sale now and the, the apple website gets updated immediately you know bmw are like here's our shiny thing And it's three years away, so it's good. It's great. I want to praise them, but don't think you can walk down to your BMW showroom tomorrow and get this stuff. A lot can change in those three years as well in EV world. Now, let's move on. Neo has deployed more battery swap stations than ever before. Uh, They're up to, the big number, 1,100. That is 1,100 battery swap stations. Actually, 1,103 because... You know, being precise across China, and aside from the battery swapping, Neo's power replenishment network in China, uh, their charging stations. In other words, uh, over a thousand superchargers, almost five and a half thousand um, individual chargers at those thousand stations, and almost nine hundred destination charging stations um, as of september the 10th as of yesterday uh, neo's users have done 12 million battery swaps since they started battery swapping so it's huge it's mega and it works really well in china i don't know the numbers from norway it'll be interesting to see if battery swapping works outside of china um, if they've issued them i've missed it but maybe neo haven't issued uh, the european battery swap take-up if I do go see Neo in Germany before the end of the year, as I think they invited me to go and see uh, when they're ready uh, to go see what they're doing in Germany, that's a question I'll ask, which is how are the Europeans taking to battery swapping? We, uh, I would love to see some data on that. Right now, let's talk about Tesla. And we did get some data on this. Um, new data coming out of Tesla reveals the output of the Power Wall. The mega packs, the motors they make for their vehicles, and the batteries. Now, what we're talking about here is what's coming out of Giga Nevada, the original Gigafactory, and the one that was going to be, you know, the biggest building on the planet, the one that was going to be much bigger than it actually ended up being, the one that's going to be covered in solar panels. Uh, but there we go. You know, the, the hype did the job at the time when Tesla was struggling. So there we go. Um, Chris Lister is the VP of Gigafactory Operations. Well, he was. He left in the summer. Now, Harushi Saga, the senior director of vehicle operations and manufacturing at Tesla, took over his responsibilities and, uh, according to CNBC, gave a meeting with employees at Gigafactory Nevada. Now, whether someone cracked out their phone and recorded it, whether it was recorded in some way. Uh, that audio recording was passed on to CNBC, who have given details of what the staff were told at Giga Nevada. They were told that, and this is quite rare data, by the way, coming out of Tesla. They don't issue this in their press releases or their investor information that I know of. Gigafactory Nevada. So we're talking about uh, what's coming out of Sparks particularly uh, MADE. 283,473 drivetrains in the second quarter of this year. So in a three-month period, Q2, 283,000 drivetrains. The factory needs to maintain a steady output of 8,800 high-voltage battery packs a week in order to feed Fremont a capacity to produce 42 megapacks per week, according to Electric.co. And that it produced 37,600 power walls in the second quarter of the year, but now uh, are able to make 6,500 power walls per week. So I think the big news there, um, whilst the drivetrains thing is interesting, um, that they treat Fremont like a customer, not that it's, hey, our buddies in the same company, but that Tesla Fremont is a customer, a client, if you like, of Tesla Nevada, and that it's their job to provide the customer with what they need, which is 9,000 battery packs a week. Really interesting. Uh, and also the fact that they're upping Mega Pack and Powerwall suggests to me that Tesla have a decent supply of cells right now. Let's move on. And you may recall that the... Um, Purchase of Maxwell Technologies three years ago had the goal of improving Tesla's battery technology. They have a dry coat process. Let me explain that. Um, It's a way of manufacturing electrodes for batteries. And the dry coat process, in theory, helps Tesla eliminate the wet process. The the many steps in the wet coat process um, that will simplify vastly uh, battery cell production. Makes it cheaper, quicker. And has less environmental impact as well. Explaining Reuters that between the dry coat process and the size, the physical size of the battery cells getting bigger, um, Tesla have now said that they can reduce the cost of their battery pack, specifically the ones going into Model Y, by five and a half thousand dollars. That's nearly half the cost, half of the cost of the prior version of the Model Y battery pack. The dry coat process only applies to the forty six eighty form factor and while model y is the only tesla made using their own tesla cells uh, they could eventually be used in other tesla vehicles as well at some point we'll wait and see right coming up soon a bit more tesla news and we'll talk about byd and uh, which one versus catl are dominating the battery wars in china and uh, we'll talk about the volvo xc90 those stories are on the way stick around Okay, final bit of Tesla news today, and they are evaluating the feasibility of a lithium hydroxide refining facility on the Gulf of Texas. Tesla said the plant would be focused on the development of battery-grade lithium hydroxide, be the first of its kind in North America, according to the Texas controller's office, writes cnbc.com. Now, if Tesla's application does get approved, construction could well begin at the end of this year, and it gets into commercial operations by 2024. The price of lithium is up 120% this year alone. Tesla's move is also likely a bid to diversify the supply of its lithium and battery production. China controls more than half of the world's lithium processing and refining. The United States, just 1%. Okay, moving on. Let's go to China next, where the two companies, CATL and BYD, continue to dominate the lion's share of China's power batteries. Last month in August, China's power battery installed base. How many batteries were put into EVs was 27.8 gigawatt hours, up 121% year on year. CATL are first in the world with 13 gigawatt hours installed, and CATL uh, just ahead of BYD. BYD in second place. I say just ahead, that's a lie. They're twice as far ahead. Uh, BYD is about six, uh, 6.08 gigawatt hours, uh, about a 21, 22% share of the Chinese market. Now, Citroën next in the news, the little Citroën Ami. It's a tiny little car, not even a car. It's a quadricycle, and it'll do 28 miles an hour. And if you're in France and you're 15 years old, you can drive it. The Citroën Ami has now got some extra tools you can play with. The my Ami tool, it uses your smartphone. So it uses your iPhone or your Android phone to basically be the car's infotainment system. Uh, You can already connect your phone to the Citroen Ami. Uh, You need a little dongle to do that. Uh, But now you can access things like the charge level of the car and key information by using the Citroen app. Now, there is no display in the Citroen Ami Well, there is, but it's a tiny, very small, essential information display. There's no big central touchscreen or anything. So now you can access more features like navigation on your phone, internet radio, uh, make calls through the Bluetooth, and Citroën Switch, as they're calling it, uh, is a new control unit for the steering wheel that connects to the smartphone via your Bluetooth. You can access it through steering wheel uh, buttons, so you haven't got to take your eyes off the road, and uh, you can put that little Citroën Switch wherever you want on the steering wheel or even anywhere in the cabin if you want to, as long as the... The smartphone, your smartphone is placed in the holder on the dashboard uh, with an eye sort of just taking your eyes off the road lights, look down at your phone as you would, you know, the infotainment system of a normal car. So, yeah, there's not too much from the Citroen Ami, but it's a very cheap car as well. But if you want some more stuff, infotainment, internet radio, sat nav, then bring your own is the order of the day. Let's go to Volvo next, and recent filings of unearthed Volvo's XC90. Now, the XC90 is the flagship big SUV, and it appears that the large car will embrace the electric revolution. Reports say it will either be called two things. Now, over the years, I have reported, because somebody at Volvo, I think on stage at an event, said it'll begin with an E, and I think somebody found a filing with the name Embla, on it, So I've been reporting that the XC90 could be called the Embla. Equally, it could just be called the EXC90. So when, the, when they said it starts with an E, I mean, they could have been literal. It might not be moving to a naming convention. They might stick with the numbers and letters and just call it EXC90. Looking at these filings, uh, there's no mistaking uh, what this car is. It is the Volvo XC90, but we've got some EV uh, additions here with the grille uh, blanked off, the uh, Thorhammer headlamps uh, from the side. Looks like an XC90 or a stretched XC60, according to Carscoops.com. The interior dimensions of the three-row crossover do get bigger for the electric version because it's going to be on an EV platform. So battery down nice and low, more cabin space inside. And looking at these filings, uh, these patent images, a horizontal-themed dashboard. So a big, horizontal, huge portrait-style screen and... Uh, Critical driver information could come from the steering column mounted display, maybe a head-up display, uh, but definitely channeling its inner Tesla here because getting rid of that display behind the steering wheel but like I say they could go with other things a projection, a head up display, those kind of things and so there will, I imagine there will be something in front of the driver Um, but yeah, no screen behind the steering wheel in these pictures, that will be very interesting. Powering the EXC 90 or the Embla Uh, single motor or dual motor four wheel drive of course, maybe 450 horsepower, ballpark 100, maybe 100 kilowatt hour battery, you'd think that 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 platform is 800 volts architecture, so you're going to get some really decent charge speeds at that kind of level. Now, let's talk about uh, some crazy, crazy performance of the Ariel hypercar. Now, Ariel is a small niche manufacturer of bonkers uh, cars uh, like the Ariel Atom. And now they're going electric. Well, they've been since 2014 or so. They have been talking about going electric, and now they're using some uh, government money here in the UK to develop some ideas. They call it the hypercar. The aerial hypercar has 1,180 brake horsepower, and it weighs about 1,400 kilograms. So you put four motors on each, in the you know, a motor on each uh, corner and a very lightweight car, you can also go with a very lightweight battery. So they said that the range would have 150 miles, but with a car like an Ariel, which is designed for one or two people, uh, it looks like the Batmobile, to be honest with you, or that car that went up the, uh, the Goodwood Hill, I forget the name of it. Um, it looks like that. Uh, it doesn't need a big battery. It needs to be lightweight and ridiculously fast. It, they say that there'll also be a version that comes with an, a range extender. That would be a micro turbine running on some sort of fuel, uh, that then charges the battery. Now, Ariel makes around 25 motorbikes and 100 Ariel atoms and Ariel nomads as well uh, per year. This would be fascinating if they were to go electric. They say that they've built an 800-volt architecture, aluminium-bonded tub, removable front and rear subframes, a billet machined and anodized aluminium interfaces. Looks stunning, 62-kilowatt-hour battery if they do make this will be ridiculously expensive but you know you don't buy an aerial atom to pop to the shops do you so you know that's probably the third or fourth car that you own in your garage if you are i imagine typical buyer of a car like this Brilliant! I love just the I love these little bonkers experiments that people are doing with electrification. Um, the liquid cooling system they say manages the battery temperatures during track use and really hard driving. It'll refrigerate or heat uh, the water glycol coolant uh, to every cell in the pack uh, to keep things temperatures under control. I'll pop a link to Evo magazine. I am a proud subscriber to Evo. I think I subscribe to too many car magazines. Um, but there we go. Uh, and I'll pop a link to Evo in the show notes so you can read more. Now, question of the week. Taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, keeping this on the air for you for free. Uh, Phil Roberts of Electric Future. Brad Crosby. Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati. Audi of Cincinnati East. Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. Also, national car charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley has a brilliant EV review island YouTube channel check it out hit subscribe uh, richard does the same uh, rsev.co.uk it should be your number one port of call for buying and selling evs in the uk hi to the guys octopus electric universe been using them on my travels recently a lot particularly on ionity um octopus electric universe is your global public charging made simple with one app and one map and millbrook Uk. five-star luxury cottages in devon where you can jump in the hot tub while your EV charges. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.